going live right now. We're live. Forrest Galante. Yeah, we're on. We're on? Are, Are you sure we're on? I'm positive. I don't see any, I'm positive. Because I don't see anything on the, the other page. It takes a fucking second, dude. <laughs> Things are not instantaneous. Well, all right. Shut up, Peter. We're live. This oh. is important. This is real stuff here. Wild times. Look, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wild Times podcast. Uh, in case you're a first-time brosner, uh, you would not know the fact that Patrick DeLuca, the producer, is a hundred percent of the time late. And once again, tonight, even though we had a live scheduled for the last week, he is late. So uh, here we are, myself, the broologist, uh, Mr. Forrest Galante, joined with me, the lovely top-knotted uh, Mr. Retep, mm. the, the professor. Yes. Um, what a handsome, handsome man he is. Thank you. Um, and you know what? You know what? What's that? Peter? What? Because Patrick isn't here, because no. he's late, mm. shocker, I'm thinking we bring oh, in. Oh, there he is. There's there. the fucking guy. In the nick of time. <laughs> uh, we, we, were, we were about to replace you with Will. Not kidding. I mean, <laughs> fuck. Oh, God. He's on, the, he's on the computer mic. You can hear it. Everybody, make fun of him. He doesn't even have a legit mic. Real profesh. Uh, he looks I, good, though. And he's good. in a new space. That's important. I, the problem is I moved this weekend, and I fucking can't find my mics anywhere. <laughs> you, are, you are the most unprepared producer I have ever met, and I've met several. I got, I got this. I got Cheers, some That's nice. So everybody I sipping like on. I, I got a Tito's and soda here. Probably going to have two or five today in this hour and a half. So, and I am sipping a delightful gin and tonic, my drink of choice. Um, so for those uh, who didn't get the uh, the ranting intro already, joining us better late than never, Papa P himself, Mr. Patrick DeLuca, the producer. How are you, Patrick? I'm really good, man. I'm super stoked. Got my. You see, you can see the reflection of my Christmas tree. Mm. Oh, damn! You got the tree it's up. Festive. You got you the tree up in the new place, right? You moved. We moved in while Christina was unpacking the kitchen. I put up a Christmas tree. <laughs> smart. I was, yeah, yeah, that's smart. I was that's just assuming, I was assuming that the place was empty. You put the Christmas tree in and moved a week later so you'd be happy when you got there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm so happy, dude. Took a swim today. I'm so oh. sorry about the microphones. To all the listeners, I won't do it again. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, crisp. Next First of all, they're not called listeners. We've been over this. Podcast people do not enjoy that. <laughs> secondly, Oops. secondly, I think you now have to host a Brosner pool party. <laughs> End of discussion. Set. Based on set. the conversations that I have with the Brosners on Instagram DMs, they mm-hmm. are a fantastic, fun bunch that loves to booze. <laughs> so I would be happy to host said party. Um, so, yeah. uh, Patrick, we were going to do something a little special here. Uh, okay. People have okay. been asking. They've been saying, who is the mystery man, Will? Does he exist? Which is a fair question because I think we could make up a fake producer um, <laughs> for the show. I think that's fair. Yep. Um, Will, do you care to show your face? Join join us on this podcast for a minute. Show the people the man behind the magic. Yeah, there he is. Hey, hey I mean, look at that. Looking good. He's muted. Good. He muted himself. He doesn't even know it. You're a muter. <laughs> what a what a clown. What a twit. I came in, came in hot with an amazing joke. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, fuck off. You can't Will, say it now. Timing is everything. Well, why don't you? I so I think two things love to do here. First of all, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell the Brosners about who you are, the man behind the scenes. And then we'll do the second part of this. And then take your shirt off, please. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, please. All right. I'm Will. I write the show. 
So all these like fantastic news things that come across these lovely gentlemen's desks, they come from my fingertips through the email. That's right. And the rest mm-hmm. of the desk. Uh, yeah, I'm a writer in New York City. I haven't gone out there to see these gentlemen yet, but the times, uh, times are coming soon. Pat's got a pool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> true, true. I mean, I think it's also worth noting that you did come to the West Coast and you heartlessly <laughs> avoided the three of us because you were too busy doing stuff with your girlfriend's family. That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> it is true. Yeah. I also estimated how fucking far everything is. So I was like, oh, Santa Barbara? That's like got to be 30 minutes from L.A. It's like, nope, it's two hours these are, from where I was. These are weak excuses. These are meager yeah. excuses, if you will. Yeah, yeah I mean, um, Santa Barbara, it's just a place where people have great hair, really white teeth, and they wear vests. That's true. <laughs> we look good. <laughs> What's going on with that vest, pal? Dude, I had to dress up today. I had, a, I had a shoot with Charlie Jordan today at the Turtle with our buddy James at the Turtle Conservancy. And I'm uh, like, God, okay. I got I to gotta look, you know, I'm sitting there with beautiful people. These are people with millions of Instagram followers. And I'm like, I got I to gotta dress my Sunday best over here. Which includes a vest, and that's an that's a haiku. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> so nice. Uh, some you, of the, you sound like someone from Zimbabwe who's it's their first day in America, and they're like, "I must look like an American. I'll wear yeah, a vest." Yeah, did I? Do I fit in? I'm wearing pants. That's that's unusual. That's um, nice. Good. Yeah, guys, it's, it's a nice touch. My favorite comment so far by Doctor Hyena simply <laughs> when Pat joined, meager. That's it. That's all he said. <laughs> There's a lot of shit going on. Right, Meager is late. Loving the beard forest. Right. Uh, so beard, beard is good. So before we let Will go, before he disappears back behind the scenes, I want to challenge our live Brosners to come up with a name for Will. Right? We have the professor. We have the broologist. Nice. We have the producer, which is taken, even though Will is the producer of the show, of this show. We're going to come up with Will, – Will needs a name, people. So let's go ahead, throw up some comments, and before tonight is done, Will will have a name. <laughs> All right. Love it. we got a few already. One, just Will. Uh, another one from Jacob <laughs> Mailer, bro meager, professional, no, no. bro director. Guy, the guy's like 6'5". He's no bro meager, all right? I'm sorry. What about, it's just not happening. What about uh, Elix Spivak's suggestion of just Will, bro? Will, bro. That's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. Not all right. Bad. Yeah, it's not bad. Good shit. Um, Good shit. All right. Um, well, should we get on with the ooh, show? Absolutely. Yeah, we should. I just, real quick for us, before you do that, I just want to say that one of the people who are brustening live right now is is called Gala's Fish Tanks. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm just like, I, how great is a big fish tank? You know, oh, like a big aquarium. Maybe Gala can like hook something up, hook up some knowledge at least. Yeah, like set up a fish tank. I also think it's like the most like one p mark of like you've really made it. You know, if you <laughs> yeah. walk into someone's living room and they've just got an enormous aquarium, you're like, oh, okay, this guy clearly has a 14 inch cock. You know, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. need oh, yeah. a Lamborghini. Oh, yeah. He's got a huge aquarium. Like he's way cooler. It's a drug dealer's fault. 100%. Yeah. That's Scarface. It's, it's, a every, good place, yeah. it's a good place to hide your coins in, in your <laughs> giant fish tank. There, there is a uh, shattered fish tank shattered by a machine gun in every drug lord movie. So they, they definitely are, have a fish tank. Um, it's huge. Pat, All right, you, yeah. you taking off, uh, Will, bro? Just, <laughs> give me a nickname. All right. We will pick something. Can I, we'll see you, we'll see you, see you in the dark web. 
Yes, sir. <laughs> Pat, it looks like you are in a mansion from the TV show, The Hills. What What is happening behind you? I see like a TV. There's some, there's the Christmas tree. Uh, people are asking, a lot of people are wanting to know what's up. I, should I just turn the TV off? Is this distracting? Of let, course. Me, let me just turn. Dude, legitimately what I sent a text message that said there is no on-air talent allowed to be watching television while we record. So what do you do? <laughs> Obviously watching TV with your big track. It was on the background. Yeah. Well, I have I have tinnitus, okay? I have to have some <laughs> low level of noise happening, and I usually use the TV. You want me to just hum the whole time? Mm, no. How's this? I want, mm. I want to know what Forrest, who 90% of our Brosners are here to listen to, what's what's been going on this week, man? What's going on? Oh boy. Should I, should I tell you? I see. I feel like I should tell like a nice flowery story about how great my week was. And here are the updates. You want to know what really went on this week? Do you? Mm-mm. Do you baby yeah. birds? You want to know? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I got some Montezuma's revenge when I came back from Mexico mm-hmm. and I spent the week on the toilet. If you'd like to know what happened, and it there? was a brutal, <laughs> brutal week. What? I did not enjoy myself one bit this week. Well, if you would like oh, to know. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had the Montezuma's. I mean, everyone says it's, it's from the water. You get it from, you know, ice or water in, in Mexico. What's, what is actually happening? Is it a parasite a bacteria? It so, all right, Patrick, you know me. We've traveled to how many countries together? I, yeah. uh, you know, I will pick up dumpster garbage and stuff it in my mouth internationally and be like, nothing phases me. Well, when we were driving back from Baja and, and this right, you know, I talked to you guys right when we got home and it kicked in a couple days later. When we were driving back from Baja, we stopped in San Felipe and we're like, let's get some, some delightful smoothies. Like nobody's had a, veg- a fruit or vegetable in a week. And there's just this just this rancid fly ridden veggie stand. And, uh, you know, literally I, I couldn't make this shit up. This guy with no teeth and three fingers on one hand, filthy, Jesus. filthy hands. Like, yeah, I'll make you guys some smoothies. And, uh, just throws a bunch of unwashed fruit and veg into a blender, um, Jesus. an unwashed blender, served it up with a bunch of yellow ice. And, um, for our non-Spanish speakers. Yeah. And, and I'm guessing that something between, you know, Pedro's filthy three-fingered hand, his name was Pedro, that's not a racist slur, um, Pedro's <laughs> filthy three-fingered hand, the unwashed fly-ridden fruit, Ugh. the the rancid blender, and of course the hello yeah. came the mm. Montezuma's mm. Revenge because uh, it got real quiet between my my buddies and I when we got home on the, on the group <laughs> text thread, and then all of a sudden, my one buddy Jordan, who came on the podcast earlier, just sent a text to everybody, said, hey, you guys, uh, you guys peeing out your butts? Oh. And, uh, and the answer was a resounding yes from everybody. So we all got a little little bacterial infection of the gut that took took about five days to go away with antibiotics. Dude, I'm like legit concerned about you. What? Why on earth, the way that you just described it, you, did you know that when you were drinking dirty three fingers, you know, fucking yellow ice, di- dirty fruit, and you're just like, yeah, I want to drink this. No amygdala, dude. Dude, we, we've been in, like, central Baja for, for six days. The only thing we had eaten was deep-fried fish tacos for a week straight. Like, vegetable there was the garnish of, of, like, little bit of cabbage with the lime squeeze that goes on top. We were so ready for any fruit or veg that we were just willing to roll the dice, and we lost the game. <laughs> dude, <laughs> I for one diarrhea talk. On this live podcast, I mean, just the commentary is fantastic. Literally just people writing things like hot squirts 
Who said that? Michael Hartman? <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah just, he gets people it. just writing turd Ferguson. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is why I love, love the Bros Nurse. It's fantastic. Michael gets it. He's been there. He spent <laughs> yeah. nights on the toilet. Like, he gets it. I, I, exactly. I almost want to just, like, my role for this podcast to be to read the chat and read stuff that people are saying. It's so hard to, like, focus and read it because it's fucking hilarious. Hot squirts. Yeah. Turd, turd sandwich. sandwich. You know, James, James O'Hara, active, active. Uh, you, you know what I think? The, O'Hara the, the, coming strong when growing a tail turns into filling a pail. That can't be the first <laughs> time he said that. <laughs> we have the best fans. Oh, so good. Yeah. So yeah. that was my week. Feeling a lot better now. You know, things have solidified, so to speak. Um, and yeah, it's it's nice and had a good shoot today. Um, up in Ojai at the Turtle Conservancy. How about you guys, Patrick? Tell us about the move. I mean, we know you got a pool. That's huge. Yeah, got the. I'll tell you what, though. So you know, first night, put up the Christmas tree. I had a couple friends over that are in my uh, in my quarantine family, right? Uh, Smart. So like, I didn't really tell my fiance that they were going to be here, and they just kind of showed up and brought a bunch of booze. Uh, so we started drinking and. Uh, I was like, yo, I'm going to fire the hot tub on, heat that motherfucker up. Just <laughs> enjoyable. We're hanging out in the tub. It's great. There's a bunch of levers you got to turn to like do the tub. Got it on fine. Turned it off. About three hours later, we decided to take a second dip. Go Smart. out. When I turned it off, I drained the hot tub. <laughs> no way. It serves you right. Where did the water go? Dude, where did the water go? Into the pool. So the pool was like up to the brim. It looked like an infinity pool and the hot tub was just bone dry. So then all day yesterday, I was just trying every permutation of lever until I figured out how to just get it back to normal. Smart. Um, yeah. I shouldn't probably have access to those levers, but oh, you pretty stoked. You, you fancy, you got a pool and a hot tub that drain into each other. Yeah. That's, it's all it that must ex- be all this podcast money. It's, it's all that extinct be. live cash that we never yeah. really made. <laughs> nice. Um, no kidding. But Forrest, <laughs> let's talk a little bit of wildlife stuff while we got the yeah. Bresners on. I wanted to see Smart. what you thought of this video that went super viral this week. Of, uh, two, the, did you see the two kayakers who with a humpback breached and did the crazy thing and almost smashed them to bits? I... Is it weird that I'm super jealous? Like I, yeah. I, cause I know that she's fine. The chick that got just, just eaten by the humpback. And I would love to have been her like to just be like, yeah, yeah no, I'm, I, I was inside the whale. Like you, you haven't been inside a whale. Like <laughs> This is so fucking cool. Um, it's wild. So for anybody that hasn't seen it, um, Peter will post a link somewhere. I don't know where we post well, stuff Will, anymore, but is Will going to bring it up? I haven't seen it. I'd love to see it. Oh, yeah. It. Will, can you bring it up? If you haven't seen it, it's it's been – you haven't seen this, Peter? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. I just saw the headline. All right. Well, all right, well Will's going to bring it up, and we're going to watch you react to it because it is insane. Um, it's fun. But, yeah, if you haven't seen it, a couple chicks, they're out, uh, they're out whale watching in Avila Beach, California, about two hours north of where I live. They're kayaking around, and all of a sudden the ca- you hear someone scream – Camera pans left, and up. Oh, I'm not going to say anything more because we're just going to watch it. Oh yeah, ready for this, Will or Peter? I mean, oh my god, did you see that, dude? Oh man, <laughs> wait, it <laughs> eats her. It eats her whole yeah. she, Look at all the birds gone. too, just causing fucking chaos. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> oh she gone. Yeah, it's insane. 
The, the guy um, on the stand-up paddleboard is my favorite, dude. He's just like, am I tripping? Did I take acid? What just happened? <laughs> <laughs> um, Jesus. But so for anybody that might not understand what they're seeing, this whale had zero, I repeat, zero intention of eating or killing this woman, right? What's going on is you see by all that birds, there's a bait ball around the kayak. The bait is likely hiding underneath the kayak to get away from the predators, get away from the other fish. <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. Get away <laughs> so from the whale. And the whale's like, oh, look at that. You, you see the bait? See it there? It's all boiling right around the kayak. It's using the kayak as a hiding source. And then the <laughs> whale comes up to eat the eat the bait fish. And sure enough, there's a kayaker plonked on top who promptly got spat back out. She was completely uninjured, spat thankfully. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just so great. I think it's absolutely hilarious. Huge quick shout out to Sam Hogue, who said, I was once inside of a whale. I mean, my ex-wife. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, what man. a call. Uh, what a call. I feel you, dude. I feel you, Sam. All right. Um, <laughs> That's what made me think of it. I was like, Peter's going to like this one. <laughs> yeah. Also, also words to Brian Arsenault, spitters or quitters. No, nothing more said. That's just so um, That's, that's great. Just yeah. Rowey's three words in the language. Dude, we're 16 <laughs> away from 100 viewers at one time. I mean, this is the most famous I've ever been. I don't know about you two. So I Dude, just like I gotta to say, out. you're going very Hollywood now that our numbers are up on the downloads. We know you got the man bun. You, you've lo- looks like you've lost a few pounds right off your face there. No, dude, yep. it's not. I listen. I've been working out for five days and I look like an Adonis. You know this. I, the confidence is up. <laughs> the ears aren't aren't ringing anymore. <laughs> yeah, you got rid of the tinnitus. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah, you shaved a fraction of your face. Not really sure which portion, yeah. but some of it. I, I, yeah. yeah, a little bit of a trim. Yep, it, it's good stuff. Right. Uh, some of the Brosners yeah. would uh, like you for us to uh, have a bald face the next time we go live. I'll, we'll see if I we can shan't. make that happen. <laughs> I shall not. I shan't do it. You, you, Patrick you, and I have discussed this. It's been many, many years since since we've been hairless on the face. Are you getting a, a few grays there in the beard, Forrest? Yeah, it's just a few. No, no, I'm not getting a few. I'm getting mostly grays at this point. Um, Did that happen since the last podcast? (laughs) Dude, it's it's bananas. Like I, I I don't know what's going on. Is it is it something in the water? I mean, what's happening? Am I just getting that old? Like it could be the Montezumas. I heard it's a uh, it's a symptom of coronavirus, dude. You better be careful. It's definitely a symptom of aging. There's no question about that. You're like, I you're like 28, dude. What are you talking about? You're not even, are you even 30 yet? I'm over here yeah, almost yes. 40. Pat's almost 50. I'm, what are you, 18? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Pat's real sensitive about his age, everybody. Oh, Just man. So. so there was one piece of news. It's, it's funny because it's controversial, especially in light of the campaign, in light of the ex-administration, um, that I thought was pretty interesting. Did you guys see that voters in Colorado decided to reintroduce wolves in the Western Rockies? Yeah. Um, similar to what they did in Yellowstone, uh, coming up in 2023, which is, it's, you know, it's funny, it's controversial, right? Hunters are like, don't do it. Yeah. Don't introduce wolves. It's going to drive down our, our numbers of, of undulate species to hunt. Conservationists are for it. Um, what do you guys think? I, I'm going to give you my analysis as far as like, the overall perspective of the environment, but how do you feel? You're a resident in Colorado, or you live in the Western Rockies. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, news breaks that they're bringing wolves back and letting them go, basically in your backyard. Well, if it's yeah. me, uh, I'm into it, man. Wolves are so fucking cool. I mean, we did an episode of Extinct that was uh, the Southern Rocky Mountain Wolf as part of it. 
we went and went to the wolf sanctuary. Yep. Um, I mean, dude, the black wolf, I know there was right. a lot of beautiful wolves there and they're all equal and whatever that black wolf dude. Oh my God. One of the coolest creatures I've ever seen. I would love to have wolves running around. Well, love so, that. uh, forest. So what's with the wolf? Did they call the wolves there before or did they just die out or what happened to them? They used to live there naturally, obviously. Correct. Not called, um, not called intentionally anyway, hunted to extinction, you know, Mm. mostly for, mostly due to the fact that there was a lot of farm and ranchlands out there. Wolves would attack livestock. People, people really prosecuted the wolves for it. Totally got rid of them for, I want to say 50, maybe 60 years that there've been no wolves. Mm. And now, uh, you know, now we're, now we're bringing them back. So on that note, I'm definitely into it. I mean, I'm all for, uh, reversing any, any fuck ups that humans make. So I'd be into it. Right. I'd just uh, keep my dog inside for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that you guys, I, I, you know, it's great to hear that. I mean, Patrick's obviously, you know, more familiar with wildlife stuff. But even, you know, you, Peter, to be like, I like this. The wolves should be here. We fucked this up. We're bringing it back. Yeah. The fact that that's the common feeling, so much so that it's led to legislation change, legislative change is amazing, yeah. I think. Um, and here's the thing that, you know, I'd like a lot of people to understand, uh, Brosner's and and the like is this will not this will not drive down the population of ungulates for people to hunt in fact what it will end up doing is creating healthier not necessarily more in abundance but bigger stronger healthier ungulates and the reason being when you add an apex predator into an ecosystem mm-hmm. what that does is it has a, uh, an effect called a trophic cascade effect meaning something at the top cascades down like a waterfall affecting everything else so right now what's happening is there's too many deer. There's too many um, uh, elk, right? And when right. there's too many of those things, they eat too much of the vegetation that those animals use to get bigger and stronger. And when too many of them do that, the whole population gets smaller. They start to Easter Island themselves, right? They're, there's so many that the population can collapse. The ones that are remaining, are, are they're meager, <laughs> they're skinny, they're, they're not strong. And so by adding wolves apex predators back into the system what that does is it will actually thin down the numbers but the ones that remain will be genetically stronger they'll be bigger they'll be tougher they'll be better trophies for trophy hunters they'll be thicker animals for meat hunters and it actually has a positive effect all the way along and if nobody's ever seen the um very fantastic short documentary on the wolves reintroduced uh into yellowstones it it actually has effects for the riparian habitat where the creeks and rivers will actually improve because of the wolves. Um, so it's, it's just all around. It's a good thing. I think people that have just kind of the idea that more wolves equal less, less prey for us to hunt are need to look at the big picture. And I'm stoked. I think this is so cool that we're making legislative change to bring wolves back into an area that we eradicated them from. Hey, yeah. super interesting question from one of the Brosners listening live, Jacob Meyer. Sure. This is, this is awesome. So he's he's asking Forrest, would wolves kill two draft horses? Do you know what a draft horse is? I do. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so first, what's a draft horse? So then he's saying, would wolves <laughs> would would wolves kill two draft horses in a single night? Uh, he knows somebody who was boarding his draft horses, and the host that was boarding them said that wolves killed both horses in one night. Is that something that could happen? 
Totally. So draft horses, to answer your question first, are those big horses that you see pulling carts, like the ones that like oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. pull, pull carts in New Orleans and stuff like that? Like They're the Budweiser big, Clydesdales, like those huge Yeah, ones. exactly. Big, meaty horses. Could wolves take down two draft horses in a night? Horses in a night. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. these are these are pack animals that are capable of killing huge elk. Um, and, and you know, elk have a defense system. They have huge horns on their heads. Um, if you're a pack of wolves and you come across, I assume, two corralled horses and you're hungry and et cetera, could you take it down? 100%. And that is one of the sad realities, right, is, is what's going to happen in Colorado is we're totally going to see uh, some human wildlife conflict, especially in the case of livestock. And what we need to do is not overreact to that and be like, get the wolves out of here, kill them, whatever. We need to figure out how to manage that, how to mitigate it. You know, does that mean that there's decoys going up? Does that mean higher fences? Does that mean electric fences, et cetera? Because everything's a balance, right? When you lose a horse, it fucking sucks, right? I lost a dog to coyote when I was younger, uh, when I first moved to America. It's devastating. Yeah, coyote, like Coyote Peterson. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, he came in, stole it, ran away. I mean, yeah. it's terrible. I tried to shoot him. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, like, it's, it's awful. And, like, your, your knee-jerk reaction is, like, get these fucking coyotes out of here. Like, I've lost my pet. But it's all about balance, right? Maybe don't let your dog out at night. Maybe don't leave your horses out in a wolf habitat. So very sorry for the Brosner who did lose their their horses. But I think the thing is, again, not having those knee-jerk reactions and thinking that we as human beings have the right to control everything because we're losing things that we have emotional attachment to. More important is the health of the ecosystem. Yeah, got it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got weird it. that we keep we keep intervening with wolf populations in the U.S. All over the U.S., it seems like we're, we're always fucking with wolves. Oh, Killing zero, them. Zero question. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I, I, I've said this before, and, and it's funny because people are like, that's bullshit. Sharks are, this, are the case. But I don't think there has ever been a species throughout history more vilified than wolves. Like if you look back in ancient Roman times, ancient literature, Little Red Riding Hood, you know, nursery <laughs> book rhymes. It, I'm not kidding. It's yeah. all about the big bad wolf. You right. know, they blow down the house. They eat Little Red Riding Hood. Like every ancient story is about like the evil wolf, the cunning wolf, the big bad wolf. Um, and that's it, it's crazy. They've just been vilified. And I think the reason being they are such incredibly efficient, exciting hunters. And then they they occurred in Europe. Right, which is where a lot of the stuff originated. These old fables—they occurred in North America, they occurred in parts of Asia. So they—they're very widespread, and it's this vilifying of these animals has definitely led to the prosecution of them because people fear them because everything we're taught from when we're children is that wolves are wolves are wolves are deadly. You know, wolves are sure. going to get you. But isn't isn't is that a fact that there's never been a duck a, a confirmed fatal wolf attack in America? I believe that is, the, I, uh, yeah, that is my understanding is there has never been a confirmed fatal wolf attack in North America on a human being, which is that's pretty nuts. crazy if you think about it. It yeah, is. It is fucking shocking. crazy. But, yeah. I mean, how many, how many wolves do you estimate there are? I mean, dude, wolves are super sneaky though, dude. They're not, they're not going to attack a human unless like, like it's alone and lost in the woods, which I mean, it doesn't probably happen very often. Is that right? I mean, they would never just like come to a campsite and fucking go ham or anything. I like think that. the thing is they have the ability to, mm. right? So it, like if a pack of wolves determined that they wanted to take out a group of campers, 
go there's nothing not much you can do about it right unless you've got rifles or whatever so it's they have that ability but they also make the choice not to they're very wary very cautious very intelligent animals and they're well aware that human beings are not on the menu like that is not their natural prey source yeah um and so yeah i think you know i think Look, we all know how smart our dog is, right? Like, like every every one of us has a dog at home. Ooh. You know that your dog knows what things it, it is allowed to eat and what things it's not allowed to eat, right? We've taught them that. Like, you can leave my dog at home. I can leave sausage on the table, go outside, come back in. And although my dog really wants that sausage, he's not going to get up on the table and eat it. And I mm. think, you know, I'm dumbing this down a lot, but I think wolves understand that in their own way. You know, human beings are that sausage sitting on that table that they might want to eat it, but typically they're not going to do it unless they're really desperate. Quick, a uh, quick fact check by uh, James O'Hara and Hunter G tag teaming. There actually was a wolf attack in the U.S. The first one was in 2010, March 8th. Young woman. Fatal? Yeah, killed while jogging near Chignik, Alaska. It was in there a. You go. It was in, yeah. It was Alaska, so it's not really. It's <laughs> they, not really the dude, US. they still That's haven't turned in their uh, their vote count. It's been like it's been like thirty five days. What the hell's going on over there? Alaska's got to get their shit together. Yeah, well, you know, you can see Russia right next door. So, um, <laughs> dude, um, I, I knew when you said sausage on the table that people were going to have a field day with that, and they are. <laughs> Yeah, makes of course sense. people are writing things like I have my sausage on my table right now. Nice one, I, Owen Roberts. I set myself <laughs> up for failure there. I'm okay with it. Hey, Will, can you pull up? Uh, one of the Brosners posted this in the YouTube chat. Uh, there's a video of what's called what he's describing as an alien-looking creature transforming itself physically near the ocean floor, and he's asking Forrest. Really, he's asking me and Ratep, but Forrest can chime in too. What's going on with this video? <laughs> was it, it near really cool. Montezuma, Mexico, or was it near uh, Mexico? It could have been Forrest and his crew. Go full screen with it. All right, so here's the video. These lives are fun. This is a what good is time. What is that fucking thing? Wait, where it looks am I? like a drone. It does look like a drone. Huh. Let's watch it for a second here, people. What's it? What? Listeners, weigh in. What do you guys think this is? I mean, I want to see this transformation take. They're at a depth of 1,100 meters. So that's about 18. What is that? Uh, It's a lot. Well, one to three, right? So 1,100 meters. uh, That's nearly 4,000. It's uh, almost at 4,000 feet deep. Yeah. Uh, I I have no idea what that is. Oh, Oh, wait, there's the goes. Yeah. There's... So for people listening, oh, interesting. Whoa, okay. look nah, at those get lights. out of here. This is this is doctored. That there, that's <laughs> that's not that's not a living biological organism that can make those colors. I refuse to believe it. No, there lots of selps can make the colors are not. So if you don't know what a selp is, lots of selps can make those colors, which are uh, they're basically like how do I describe a selp? Um, it's a colony of living animals that all get together kind of like a jellyfish. And then the prop just blew that thing to shreds. So, okay. I think what we're <laughs> seeing. Really? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So everybody that killed? thinks it just took off, it didn't just take off. That's the prop wash ripping it to shreds. That's so that is some kind of boneless deep sea creature, likely some kind of selp, which again are these colonies of living things that make up a single organism, kind of like a jellyfish. Um, they, they, a lot of different selps make those lights as a me- means by which to communicate. Uh, it's a bioluminescence thing. I, 
I've never seen one transform like that. It totally looked like a drone, as Patrick said in the beginning. Yeah, um, but it's wild. I, it, it's so to me, it's one of two things. It's either these creatures called selps that I was talking about, or it's some kind of deep sea squid. And one thing that we're finding more and more with deep sea exploration is there are gazillions of types of squid down there that we didn't realize. Like almost every deep sea mission reveals a new species of squid, um, which is really interesting because it seems like the deep sea is kind of kind of occupied by squid, whereas the shallow ocean is occupied by fishes, um, which I think is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, some kind of cephalopod squid type thing, some kind of selp slash jellyfish thing. I'm not really sure. It sounds like nobody else is sure. It's super cool to see. Yeah, very, very interesting. So much crazy yeah. shit in the deep ocean, man. I would never want to go down there without like so a it, it says it was taken off the uh, coast of East Africa in the Indian Ocean at 3,750 feet. Uh, but it's interesting. A lot of the uh, comments on the YouTube video are people taking note of the moment where it gets shredded by the prop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Which I, didn't, I wouldn't have even caught that. Shit. Fucking humans, dude. Humans were the worst. Um Le- yeah, well, the us. thing about those deep-sea creatures is a lot of them have no bones, right? They they can't really living under that immense pressure. So any bit of, like, current or, uh, you know, burst of water is just going to shred them. Uh, it's one of the reasons we have such a hard time getting deep-sea creatures up to the surface is they're they're mostly gelatinous, and they're, they're, they, they have no rigidity or structure to them because the pressure doesn't allow for it. So these animals are these gelatinous kind of morphs that live under this immense pressure. And as soon as you start bringing them up to the surface, you know, you use a slurp gun to suck it in or, or whatever you might be, you try to catch it or grab it and it just basically disintegrates. And that's, that's a prime example of it right there. Ugh, Jellyfish stew. <laughs> um, so a lot of people, a lot of Brosners and others know that Patrick and I make a show called extinct or alive. One of the key focuses of extinct or alive, if you couldn't piece this together is to look for animals believed to be extinct and see if they're still alive. Now, one of the things that we had for season three of Extinct or Alive was to return to Madagascar, likely get dysentery again and shit our beds for for a third time, um, and look for a creature called the Valetsky's chameleon. Now, the Valetsky's chameleon was one of the top 25 most wanted um, creatures by, uh, who ran that campaign, GWC or someone like that, but there's this top 25 most wanted animals, animals that hadn't been seen in a long time, the Valesky's chameleon hadn't been seen in 100 years. Well, guess what? Researchers just a few months ago, and they announced this last week, actually found the Valesky's chameleon during an expedition to the northwest of, of Madagascar. Pretty interesting. Now, what I think is the most interesting thing is the chameleon, the Valesky's chameleon, has an incredible short life cycle. It's much like an insect where when the rays, when, well, certain species of insect, where when the rainy season hits, and this is what the researchers figured out, they hatch, they reach adulthood, and they reproduce and lay eggs again, all in, this, all in the span of the rainy season, and then they go dormant for the dry season, and it starts all over again when the rains hit the following year. But we're not talking about a cicada or, or a grasshopper or a mosquito here. We're talking about a chameleon, an incredibly complex reptile that has this insane short life sp- lifespan, um, and that's why nobody can find it, right? Because who's going to go to the one of the wettest parts of the entire world in in northwestern Madagascar during the rainy season? Nobody, because it's like, oh, why would you plan an expedition then? Like, just go in the dry season and look for the chameleon. Um, but you're never going to find it then, because all it is is a tiny little egg on the underside of a leaf. Oh, so weird. I don't know. 
Super cool. Really, really interesting stuff. Sounds Did like a gimme for you, like dude. Just head out there, find it, lock it down real quick. I don't need to anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you um, missed it. You missed your opportunity. Do they get big like other chameleons? Do they have enough time to get big like a lot of the ones that we saw in Madagascar, like where they're like, you know, eight inches to a foot long? Uh, no, so they're they're not a pygmy chameleon like some of those tiny ones the size of our fingernail that we that we've seen. But my understanding, and I don't think anybody's actually published the size of them, but my understanding is they're pretty small. They're a couple inches, a couple inches long. Um, gotcha. Small chameleon. Uh, one thing that I thought was fantastic is they are stunningly beautiful. I mean, they're they're these black and white kind of uh, patterning with this blue ridging and these bright red dots on them. I mean, they're just an outstanding looking chameleon. Will, I don't know if you can pull up a picture of one, but they are so, so, so cool. And I can only, I can only imagine the researchers excitement when they found this animal, but then the ongoing study to figure out that it has this unique life cycle. I mean, it's just absolutely wild. Oh yeah, for sure. So one of the, one of the Brosners posted something I thought was interesting. Um, I don't know if you saw the story for us, but in Denmark, uh, where I guess there's still a fairly robust market for mink, uh, mm-hmm. for, you know, it's a popular, popular animal for fur. Um, the they decided to cull, or in other words, just kill 17 million mink mm-hmm. because the mink population had developed a new strand of coronavirus that they're worried, you know, potentially could be uh, could be transmitted to people. Yep. I heard about um, this. So one of the brosters on the live stream just asked, what do you think of that? And so I heard about this. I mean, my entire understanding of it is basically what you just summed up. It's that the, yeah. these minks have the ability to carry a certain strain of COVID, whether that's COVID-19, COVID-37, COVID-27, whatever. You know, it's a different kind of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that the, and that the government decided to cull a bunch of them. I, here's the thing. Mink are literally bred for fur. Right. It's like if you decided to cull a bunch of chickens, which are bred for meat, it's not like people are going out and bopping, bopping mink on the head in the wild and being like, you're going to give us COVID. It's like, hey, these these kind of gross places where we breed them in the millions. Let's maybe not do that for a little while in case it causes a pandemic. So it's not like I'm in support of killing millions of these things, but I also see no real downside to it. Like it's it's unfortunate to the for those individual animals, of course. But those animals and the part that I think you're not reading are likely going to be called and turned into fur, which is what they were going to be turned into anyway. Right. So it's like you and then not not reproduced to have a million more at this point in time. So I kind of see it as like it's not great. I mean, nobody likes that much animal, you know, that many creatures dying. But I I also don't really think it's it's news. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, just just go ahead and kill them. Like we're going to kill them anyway. Turn them into fur coats. And then don't breed a bunch more until COVID's over, and that way nothing bad happens. One of gotcha. the one of the interesting things that I read on that article was that uh, seagulls were picking up though picking up the, uh, the the different strand and spreading it around other mink farms. So they were concerned about uh, this new strain getting out, and the and the big problem with it, two, I think they said two hundred people had gotten this new strain. And if that starts to spread, it, it fucks up the efforts for the vaccines that they're working on is the biggest thing oh, that they said that they're concerned about. So, I mean, to add to your point, you know, fucking I just read today they're 90 percent the two uh, or they have a vaccine that's 90 percent that. effective, which so it's like this could be a big setback if they don't kill them. It's one of those things, man. Right. It's fucked up. But, right. you know, so it's no, a I, pandemic. I, I think it. 
Yeah, I think it's kind of necessary. So sidebar, you just reminded me of a great story that's totally worth telling. It's not really a great story, but it's a story. Um, you guys, <laughs> you guys remember uh, old Alex Graver came on one of our early podcasts, president president of uh, my fraternity at UC Santa Barbara. Um, just all around real broy guy, not big animal guy, not big outdoors guy, but just big broy guy. So he lived on Del Playa, which is like the main drag in Isla Vista at UC Santa Barbara, right on the beach his senior year. And one day he's like, Forrest, why don't you come over? Now I was still a big bio nerd, you know, whatever in the, in a frat house, but you know, still the big, still a big bio nerd. So we go over and he's, he's got this giant speaker system that he sets up outside on the, on the deck. And the reason being it's Flotopia, which is this big event where, Every single person at the university gets hammered and floats out in the ocean. And he's got these giant speakers set up for Flotopia, which is coming up in three days. He goes, let's test out the speakers. And they're blaring out towards the ocean off his deck. And he starts blaring, blaring this music. I mean, it's like brutal. It's like ear bleeding bad. Um, what, what, What kind of music? Techno. Techno music. I can't remember the song because I'm a normal human being. Um, and, uh, and sure enough, as he starts blaring this music, a flock of seagulls flies right over and lands on the roof no more than 15 feet away from this just god-awfully loud music. So me being the nerdy biologist I am, I go, turn it off, turn it off, turn it off. And he turns it off, and the seagulls you know, kind of stand around for 10 seconds and then fly away. I go, turn the music back on, turn the music back on. Does it again. Seagulls return. They fly, land on the roof. So I took this, true story, <laughs> senior year. And I had, a, I had a paper due in like less than a week. And typically I was procrastinating like I always do. And I was like, right, got the topic for my paper. The paper, a 13-page scientific piece of literature, was titled <laughs> Seagulls Love Techno. And the premise of the paper was that seagulls in Isla Vista were conditioned to loud techno music, meaning there was a party where yeah. there were food scraps and they would come in and get the food scraps. And yeah. we did, I, I literally conducted this study while drinking way too much and hanging out on Graber's balcony, <laughs> where I flip on the music, wait, wait for the seagulls to come by, record their time there before they'd leave, and so on and so forth. And and I, of all the incredible, very well thought out academic papers that were submitted my senior year, mine was Seagulls Love Techno, and it did okay. I think it got a B minus. Couple, <laughs> couple, couple, uh, uh, couple. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Peter. Go ahead. A couple, ahead. Of, a couple of things from the Brosners. The Frankster uh, wants to know if that paper is public. Uh, no. Oh, God, no. <laughs> this, was a, this was a college paper. The, the professor was probably like, just pass him. He's an adult. Get him out of school. Too bad it wasn't the bro professor. He would have given you an A plus, mate. Truth. Uh, Truth. I was looking for the other comment. Somebody else. I'll find their name in a minute. But they, they think that uh, somebody at the party potentially fed the seagulls MDMA. So... Most it was Graber's house. I, that's a guarantee. That was that was in the subtext. I cited that as a real possibility. No, I'm just kidding. So it, Definitely possible. It's funny people remember Graber. Somebody just wrote in caps Graber when we started there talking. There you go. <laughs> I had a buddy in college uh, who was in my fraternity who was taking a like I don't know. I think it was like a two credit evolution class. It was not within his major. He was like you know pre law whatever, and he just didn't want to write it. And he's like is rich kid had a trust fund. He's like, I'll give you 500 bucks to write an evolution paper for me. I was like, <laughs> of course I'll do that. Cause there's nothing at stake for me. Yes. I'll right. just shit out a right. paper. So I wrote a paper that I made up and it was just that, uh, morning wood was an evolved trait <laughs> so that you wouldn't piss yourself in your sleep because every time that, you know, 
most of the time when you wake up with morning wood, you have to pee really bad. And so yep. I was like, it has to be like just a, a defense mechanism so you don't piss all over the bed. So I, I wrote this thing saying it was an evolved <laughs> trait, and I, I, it was like three pages uh, that, you know, if you peed while you were asleep, that the scent would attract predators and this whole thing. <laughs> I'm not faking this. I swear to God, he got an A plus on it. No way. Dude, I swear to God, I did zero research. I think I made up some citations at the end because it had to have like five <laughs> sources. Yeah. Let me let me chime in here yeah. for a minute because I've known you for a really long time. It's this quality about you that has allowed you to become so successful. I mean, you're a world-class bullshitter, but it's funny and like charming. So you get away with a lot of fucking bullshit. I mean, this is true. Yeah. This is what he's saying is very, very accurate. That's, I would. It's very true. I would have given you an A for sure if I was any cool teacher is going to be like, yeah. this is fantastic. <laughs> like a new theory. I haven't seen one of those in a while. You probably still <laughs> talk about it. That teacher still yeah. tells the story. Six, six weeks later, there's just a cover of an erection on the cover of Science Magazine. <laughs> yeah. Just a guy pitching a tent. <laughs> New England Journal, Journal of Medicine. Question mark. Yeah. Dude, yeah. so good. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. One of our brosners, I know you have a lot of uh, hands-on experience with this subject, so I figured I'd ask you this one. Doug Keller. We're talking about erections still? There was a lot of erection talk just yeah. now, but I skipped, I skipped over people talking about knocking over their coffee with their boners. Uh, <laughs> I, someone did write that. Doug Calderon wants to know, because uh, he lives in Florida in the Glades. Crazy fucking place. Yep. He wants to know, is the whole Burmese Python thing, you know, it's, it hasn't been in the news as much as it was five, six years ago when you were working down there. Is the mm -hmm. Burmese Python situation in the Everglades still a, a big deal? Huge. Um, you know, it, it, it's a big deal in the sense of these things. So, Here's the thing. For those that don't know, Burmese pythons are these giant pythons from Southeast Asia that don't belong in the Florida Everglades. There are a bunch of them captively kept in private zoos, in people's aquariums at home, uh, in, in holiday parks, etc. One or two or several storms hit Florida, as is happening literally right now, and a bunch of these Burmese pythons escaped. Well, when they escaped, they got into the Everglades and were like, wow, this is heaven. Basically, like I'm a sorority girl, you know, at Lake Havasu, and I can just slam as many things as I want. Um, and uh, they, they, they got out and they're like, this is incredible. There is tons and tons of prey and literally nothing that eats me. Now, in Southeast Asia, where these Burmese pythons are from, they have tons of natural predators. But in the American Southeast, they have zero. Literally, the only thing that can eat like an adult Burmese python is an alligator. And if the Burmese python is bigger, the Burmese python is going to eat the gator. And we've seen pictures of that. And so mm -hmm. the population just exploded. And with that population exploding, I, I'd have to check this, but I believe it wiped out something like 80 to 90 percent of the mesopredators. Now, mesopredators are your raccoons, your opossums, your skunks, etc. And these Burmese pythons just fucking exploded. I mean, millions of them in the Everglades. And the number is still going up. And with that explosion of those invasive pythons, you've seen this massive drop in the in the mesopredators. And with the drop in that, you know, blah, 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 it throws the whole system out of whack. Now, here's the thing that you're not getting in the news, and I think that's what some people enjoy about this show. Eventually, so first of all, two, two things, and this is much more complex than these two points, but these are two interesting points. One, the Everglades is totally and completely and utterly fucked. 
right? We have destroyed the fucking Everglades. It's full of Mayan cichlids from Central America, armored catfish from South America, monkeys from from, um, Southeast Asia, Burmese pythons, iguanas, tegus, the list goes on and on. I mean, there are so many fucking invasive species in the Everglades that if you go out on a night of looking for wildlife in the Everglades, odds are you're going to see more wild invasive species than you are native species. I mean, it wow. is a complete fucking shit show because it's paradise. Like, it's, it, there's a reason everybody lives in fucking Miami and looks great because it's a great place to live. And <laughs> right. it's the same thing for all these invasive species that get out there. Um, so that's one thing, you know, and I think a lot of attention is drawn to the Burmese pythons because they're sexy, right? They're these big, scary snakes. They can eat people. They can eat gators. They can eat everything. But the Everglades are just fucked. That doesn't mean we shouldn't fight against it and, and, and respect for everybody that is, but they are fucked. Secondly, here's the, and this is the, this is the thing that, uh, I, as I was saying, a lot of people don't talk about. They will, and, and we should still continue to combat this. We should still continue to fight these invasive species and try and slow down their spread as much as we can. But this is a, this is a war that we are losing. We as scientists are losing this war and we will continue to lose this war because those animals have a lot of places to hide. The Everglades is a big place and they're reproducing at a rate that is much faster than we are able to control them. Now, the part of this that I kept saying is interesting. The part that people don't talk about eventually, and with the help of human beings slowing down the spread, eventually the Everglades will reach a new norm. And I think that we're starting to get there. And a new norm meaning the Burmese python will be at the top of the food chain. The monkeys, the macaques that were brought in for an amusement park that now run wild in certain parts will be will spread and be native there. The you know the ever the the alligator numbers are going to come down. The Burmese python numbers are going to go up. The armored catfish are going to take over and eat all the algae. You know, it's just going to be this massive shift and that ecosystem is going to be very different from the ecosystem that our ancestors, you know, the first Native Americans that ever lived there saw. And there is not much that we can do about that because the rate at which these invasive species are taking over. Now, why it's important, and I'm sorry to rant, but I think this is a really interesting topic. Yeah, you spend a lot of time down there. I mean, it's, it's, I it's do, personal, yeah. clearly. But I think why this is important and, and why it's not like, ah, fuck it, throw in the towel, just let the pythons and the Mayan cichlids take over, is because if we can slow them down, it gives everything else a chance to adapt. And what I mean by mm. that is, if you put 10 Burmese pythons in a room and a raccoon, the raccoon's going to die 10 times out of 10, right? <laughs> right. But if you, put, if you put one Burmese python in a room and the raccoon in a room, maybe the raccoon lives. And now the raccoon knows not to go near Burmese pythons anymore. Mm. So now when you put eight Burmese pythons in the room with that raccoon, maybe the raccoon's going to get the hell out of that room and survive. So if we can slow down this rampant spread of these invasive species – it will allow the native species a little bit more time to adapt to this new status quo mm. of what the Everglades is going to become and hopefully not lead to a complete demise of all of the native species. Well, yeah. That's, go, go ahead. Well, I was I just going to say, I mean, I, I, I'm envisioning, I, I'm definitely terrified of a uh, of an Everglades that's just a bunch of uh, giant Burmese pythons and macaques uh, jumping around in trees. That's uh, that's my nightmare scenario. So I mean, dude, the Everglades is so fucking scary to begin with, man. It's yeah. so gnarly. People like <laughs> you can travel all over the world and go to very few places that are as fucking hairy as the Florida Everglades. As far yeah. as just the, your quality of life when you're trekking through that area, dude, it's gnarly. It's brutal. Swamps are just 
awful to, to move through. Do you want to hear a crazy thing about the Everglades, though, Forrest? I don't know if I ever told you this. So I went down there to shoot a pilot about, you know, something to do with the Everglades that didn't end up working out. Mm-hmm. And one of the our con, one of our contacts that was like we're sort of using him as a guide was a guy named Bill Meshi. Oh yeah, M E S C I. His first cousin was <laughs> Joe Pesci. <laughs> uh, so someone's mom, someone's dad, whatever. But Bill Meshi was first cousins with Joe Pesci. He lived in a shack in the Everglades. <laughs> and one of his jobs, and I don't know if you've ever seen these signs there, Forrest, was they put out a little sign in the in the public areas, like where people actually go to, mm-hmm. that tells you how many mosquito bites you'll get in an, in a minute or in an hour. No I way. Remember. No, yeah. I haven't seen that. <laughs> so it's like fifty, you know, fifty bites a minute unprotected, or Ooh, three bites right. a minute. And Bill Meshi <laughs> was in charge of updating that sign every week, and I asked him what he did, like. How do you figure out how many bites per minute you get? He goes, I walk out of my house and I stand naked for a minute. <laughs> That's dead fucking serious. It, it, it's a it's a real uh, nice portrayal for all of those of you who are not in America, a representation of Florida. It, it fits uh, really well what, does, as to yeah. how it is out there. Yeah, that's a good point. That is... Man, what a shit job being the guy that has to go out every few days and stand butt naked and get chewed by mosquitoes. And then maybe the only worst job, I presume, being his wife who has to go around and uh, check every every crevice and crack to count the number of uh, of bug Dude, bites. I wonder if I had told you that that part of it because I left that out. Swear to God, that was his wife counted no, his, his mosquito that part bites. I, didn't know. I just knew that you had worked with. Uh, Bill Pesci, Joe Meshi's cousin, or I fucked that up, but yeah, yeah, yeah you get yeah, it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> do you, uh, um, do you know if he had, did he cover his dick or was his dick just out too? I mean, because I feel like that's pretty unnecessary or maybe he was sexually into this whole ruse. And, and uh, this bro, was the real reason. Have you this. ever been bitten by a mosquito on, on, have you ever got a Prince Albert from a mosquito, Peter? No, but I've had poison oak on my dick and it really made beating off enjoyable. <laughs> I believe that you felt that way when I um, was last shooting or no, maybe it was a couple shoots ago in the Everglades, there was flooding going on and it was like, I would guess the count that Patrick's talking about would be in the thousands. I mean, there were swarms Jesus. of mosquitoes like black, I mean, black, black swarms. And uh, it was so bad that both myself and JQ who were working there at the time, our, our buddy went and pissed, you know, at separate times during the day and at the bar that the at that night or whatever, I was like, JQ, can I ask you a question? Like you remember you went and peed like 15 minutes after me? Did you get uh did you get my mosquito bites on your dick? He's like, dude, I got eight mosquito bites on my dick. <laughs> and I got seven. And it was it, like my penis was out. First of all, we've been over this. Not a huge penis. So not a lot of surface area. <laughs> Secondly, my penis was out of my pants for uh, you know 45 seconds. Like Ugh. it was just an average size pee. Seven mosquito bites. Like it God, was dude. unbelievable how bad it was. I, um, yeah, just, yeah. It anyway, makes sense. Well, I mean, dude, like that they because they're attracted to like. Well, actually, that's bed bugs. But isn't there something about mosquitoes where they're more attracted to certain people because of like it's carbon dioxide or something their body puts out more than like other no, people yeah. dude yeah. there's no, no question sure. like your dick must be very gaseous 
No, that's that's why I drink these. You know, you know about that, right? Drink gin and tonics, get bitten by less mosquitoes. Quinine oh. and tonic water. Yeah, that's yeah. why all Africans yeah. are drunk. Dude, miss you don't, it. Don't, don't spread misinformation oh, yeah. on this podcast. We this have is, enough of that. This is real news. Hashtag real news. <laughs> um, the reason that all Africans are drunks, Southern Africans, my people, is uh, because we drink gin and tonics every night, which is not because we like the way it makes us feel or we like the way it tastes. It's because it is for our safety, because the mm. quinine in tonic makes it so that you are less desirable to mosquitoes. So, Cheers. So no uh, gin and tonics that night when you got the seven mosquito bites on your uh, under average no, size penis? No, I was penis. working. I'm a professional. I'm not like you, Peter. I don't just drink on the job and have a man I've bun. built quite a life for myself, haven't I? Thank you. <laughs> um, so I saw something in the news that it's not very wildlife-centric, but um, it really made me think of you, Peter. And, and nice. I thought... And Patrick, tell me what you think of this. Okay. If you went to Yellowstone with Rutep, how do you think he might, I don't know, say cook something <laughs> at Yellowstone? What would be the first idea to come across his brain? To cook something? To cook I, something. So what I would do is I would obviously bring a little camp stove. He right. would try. No, you wouldn't. You're very sous- unprepared. You would. Tr- <laughs> that's true. You would try and sous vide something in one of the hot springs in a plastic bag. Is my guess. Uh, th- that's a wonderful guess. Except Peter is a he's, he's a simpleton. He's not familiar with sous vide. So what I think he would do is the same thing that three men were banned for life from Yellowstone for doing, <laughs> which was throwing a chicken in a burlap sack and th- dropping it into a geyser in an attempt to steam cook their chicken. Jesus. Which is, what I think, exactly what I think you would try and do, Peter. I mean, I mean right? yeah. Is this a live chicken, like, with the feathers on? No, I think it was, like, a grocery with store the feathers chicken. feathers on. Where I mean, I, yes, I would bring my own Ralph's bought. That's a grocery store here in California. My own grocery store bought chicken, boneless, skinless, and pop it maybe in like a, you know a net and just yeah, drop it in the. What what's wrong with that? I mean, if I didn't get caught, it, it'd be fine, right? <laughs> you don't. True. You don't cook your chicken in a fucking geyser the same way you don't do your fucking laundry in the hot tub, which I saw some <laughs> right. doing once. Uh, <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. It was my first time in a trailer park in the U.S. I was filming on location, and I had to get there. And it was like just as the sun was coming up, so it was like 5.30 a.m. Okay. I'm pulling into this trailer park in Silmar, California, and I see a woman in a muumuu. And by the way, I'm not shitting on people who live in trailer parks. To be honest, trailer parks in California, if you have a double wide, they're like 600 grand. So it's like Jesus. not a bunch of poor people. Like it's not about it, but whatever. So – not talking shit about trailer parks, but there's this like 400 pound woman in a muumuu and I see her and she's stirring the hot tub and I thought she was skimming it because she was going to have a nice dip. Sure. And then I'm kind of looking and I see that there's a hamper and she then pours the hamper into the hot tub and then pours a cap full of fucking whisk or whatever she was using and oh, man. starts stirring her laundry up in the community hot tub. Dude. Oh man. For, I mean, yeah. ugh, this is what people think America is doing. This is what people think average Americans do. It is what we're doing. It literally <laughs> happened three days ago, and Patrick saw it in a trailer park. Like, it, it, it's happening. <laughs> I, These I, are real I'm, having a, I'm happening. having a real good time picturing, like, the, the, the look on Pat's face in my head as he starts to realize, like, after, after he realizes she's not skimming, sees the hamper, and then, like, the face just turns to, like, 
And then what happened? Did you just drop your head and shake it and walk away? Or did you like throw a rock walking. I kept walking up to where I was filming. The the part that you don't know is when she was done with her laundry, she boiled shrimp in there for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) A little soapy, but they're still good. Just wipe them off. They're clean. Oh, God, Um, dude. So I thought that one fun thing might be, and I, you know, definitely dig into a couple more Brosner, uh, Brosner comments here. But what if we did Bizarre Animal of the Week live? And uh, and Brosners can try and try and guess what that animal is in the chat. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love it. So for those of you who are listening live, all five thousand eight hundred of you, nice went way up. Forrest is going to start. What do you do? You say some facts, and we're trying to guess what the animal is, right? Yep. All right. Let's get into it. Let's do it. First one. First live one. I like that. All right. All right. Here's what I got to come up with this here. So. And make it make it a nice, uh, not impossible, but uh, not so definitely something we've all heard of. Wow, okay, um, so that's a first. Peter, oh, fuck yeah. you. Okay, so all right, let's see. So, all right, how about this? this? How about this? Let's sweeten the pot. First live Brosner gets something. We used to give away some prizes early on. Do we have anything we could we could do? Any sort of yeah, we have merch. Yeah, Forrest, you're everything now. throwing shit at you constantly. What can we get? Yeah, I do. I do. How about um? Ooh, how about yeah. a free Wild Times T-shirt? Yeah, we got oh, merch. We, go. we give a, give, give that merch. shit away like it's nothing. Yep. Uh, First Brosner to guess the animal gets a free Wild Times T-shirt. Or plus tank, a bottle. If you want to, if you want to go sleepless like the boys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> smart. Smart. All, All right. Free blobfish spirit animal shirt to the first person who gets this in the live chat on YouTube. Bizarre animal of the week. Here we go. All right. Yeah. Bizarre animal has three subspecies of this relatively rare animal. Three different subspecies. One of those subspecies is entirely contained in a tiny three, one and a half square mile area. That's it. That's the only place one of the subspecies of this animal lives. Okay. Okay. Hmm. This animal Although no longer around, the animal still is, but it used to have an ancestor that was bigger than a rhino. Okay. However, however, in current day, this animal only grows to about 80 pounds, which is not tiny, by the way. That's pretty big. Yeah, that's pretty big. Hey, for um, us, that's, literally yeah. at least 30 guesses have come in uh, with the same animal. People think it's a sloth or a ground sloth. Wrong. Oh, that hurts. Sorry, um, you're out of the continue. game. All right, continue. <laughs> These animals, this 80-pound creature that has three subspecies, are nocturnal. Hmm. Okay, okay. And in addition to being nocturnal, they have very poor eyesight, day mm. or night. Even at night. Hmm. Even okay. at night, very bad okay. eyesight. These animals in their 80-pound bodies will actually create trails for themselves to follow back and forth from their foraging grounds to their homes. Someone, two people got it, but someone got it first. But anyway, continue. Was it the guy who said my dad's ass or? No, somebody got it, but continue continue. for us. Let's continue. The clues are getting easier now. These animals have a hard shell-like plate under their skin Mm -hmm. of their butts. And nowhere else. Only under their butts do they have a hard shell-like plate. Okay. Um, once one of these creatures eats a meal, it takes five to ten days for them to digest that meal. 
that's that sounds horrible. It's that's the opposite of Montezuma's revenge. It is, yeah, it is. But the reason it takes five to ten days for them to digest a meal is their intestines have a special bone and musculature that whipped that will literally whip up their digesting food into feces, into a solid feces. That now here's where the the answer gets easier. Yeah. Comes out in the shape of a perfect cube. It's the only animal that poops <laughs> a perfect cube. <laughs> you yeah. could have just said that, and I would have known yeah, right off. People would have got it straight away. <laughs> now, I'm going to give you a couple more baby birds before it's over. A group of these 80-pound cubic pooping creatures that follow their trails is called a wisdom. A wisdom. Stupid. Okay. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, a tidbit for all the true diehard fans, is in the very, very first ever episode of Extinct or Alive, where, hint, we were in Tasmania, I actually didn't really catch, but kind of petted the butt shield of one of these animals as it ran into a hull, and I dove into it thinking that it might be a thylacine. And so for anybody that hasn't guessed our animal yet... Our bizarre animal of the week, our animal that grows to 80 pounds, has three subspecies. A group of them is called a wisdom. They're born the size of a jelly bean but grow to 80 pounds. They have ancestors that were like a rhino. They have a hard shield-like plate under the skin of their butts. Um, what else did I say? Uh, they take up to 10 days to digest a meal and have that weird bone in their stomachs. And poop cubes is none other than... We'll get ready with the picture. A wombat. Woo! A wombat. A wombat. A super cute cool. pooping wombat. They're cute, man. They're cute, cute looking animals. Wombat. They are. They're super cool. And I, I didn't say this because I didn't really think of it at the time, but they are hilarious. Their primary defense is literally just to run at you like a bowling ball. Like if they're if they're startled, they're so low to the ground, they're so meaty, they're just gonna put their head down and just charge at you, which I think is hilarious. So, let's see. Two people get it right at the same time. Wow, that thing's cute. (laughs) That thing is cute. Uh, Nolan Robbins, it looked like, guessed it. Oh, no, Daniel Cool guessed it first. He He is. He sure did. He, yep. Daniel Cool has probably already bought 30 shirts. He's maybe one of the people I hear from the most on Instagram. He loves us, especially for us. By the way. By the way, Daniel, let us know in the chat if – did Daniel already – does he already have shirts? I'm pretty sure he, 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 uh, he did. He ordered. Let but us if know, not, Daniel, said, if, you, if you want the shirt. You did get it first. If not, if you already got one, we'll send it to Nolan Robbins. Man, Nolan, you were about a second off there. You he fucked said, up. He, it's, yeah. Yeah, he, he doesn't would. have one. We'll send one your way. Well, Daniel, just hit Daniel, me up on Insta with the shipping address and I'll send it. Daniel, you have one now. It's coming your way. Good job. You're familiar with the weird animal of the week. That was fun. I like doing them live. People were engaged. This is a good time. Tis very fun. Uh, so, guys, so yeah. we, we have two more games. We're obviously going to do Battle Royale. Does anybody want to do uh, the Fact or Fiction? I know we've been going a long time. I know people got shit to do. It's up I think to, we should. I mean, look, we still got we still got a bunch of people on the live stream. Let's do yeah. that. Then we'll do the battle royale. Then we'll call it a night. All right. Let's fuck up. Let's let's fuck it. Let's do it. Let's fuck it in the in the dick butt. Speaking of you dick butts, that's good stuff, Peter. Thank you for saying dick butt. Yeah, that was that was helpful. 
Yeah. Speaking of dick butts, uh, raccoons have been known to... Okay, so let me explain the game. It's fact or fiction. I'm going to read a statement. Uh, it may be true. It may be false. Play along with us for everybody who's... Um, for everybody who's uh, watching. Typically, the way that this game goes is uh, I'll allow... Forest. Busting out a white claw. It's a party. It's a party. The Hello, are playing, everybody they're drink. playing the drinking game, FYI, online. People are playing it. They That's better excellent. be. Like, it, it, by the way, if you're not playing the Wild Times drinking game, get off. <laughs> Dude, why are you so mean to our listeners? Somebody did say the other day that uh, with one of your tirades at the beginning, call, like telling people they're, they're shitty if they haven't listened to all 30 episodes, a comment said... Well, thanks a lot. I'm going to go back and listen to all of them now. So that it actually works. Good. That's what we want. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's we're going to berate you into enjoying our show. That's that's the point here. Like it's just to break down and make you enjoy us. Oh yeah, you're going to enjoy, enjoy us. Enjoy. And you're going to enjoy Factor Fiction, where I tell Forrest and Patrick a statement. They guess if it's Factor Fiction, you guys play along. Uh, Pat loses almost every time. And he will always be answering first because Forrest actually knows things. Speaking of dick butts, uh, fact or fiction, kangaroos effectively have dick butts because their dicks face backwards from their taint, unlike almost all other mammals on Earth. Is this true or is this false? Hmm. What are That's the listeners false. saying? There's no, there's no way. Uh, I don't think that could be true. Somebody, uh, somebody just answered. Ben Martin just said, uh, gay. So that's, that's an answer. Yeah. That is not a valid answer, Ben Martin. You're out. Uh, what do you think, Forrest? This is indeed fact. Kangaroos do have weird backwards-facing penises. <laughs> Forrest is right. Uh, Patrick is wrong. Uh, everybody who guessed fact, which is almost everybody. Oh, there's a few people who didn't guess fact. But good job, everybody. This is a true statement. Their dicks do indeed face backwards. Good job, Forrest. Yeah, I've sucked a lot of. Uh, I mean, excuse me. I, I've seen Jesus. a lot. Seen a lot. Yeah. Just Jesus kidding. Christ! Has anybody else <laughs> sucked? I mean, seen a lot of or a lot of kangaroo dicks. All right. Uh, Let me see here. So, um, I, I actually had a good one. Okay. Caribbean sperm whales. They Caribbean. have a distinct Caribbean. culture. They're known only to interact with other whales in their own unique dialects and accents, which are variations of noises that are unique well, I, to the area, that are unique to the area. Yeah, okay. You were trying to convince me that that part is the part that you made up when you were clearly yeah. rewriting <laughs> a fact in a very stilted C-3PO type of way. That is a fact based on your piss-poor performance. Forrest? I am going to agree with Patrick that it's a fact because I know lots of different groups of whales in lots of different parts of the world do have their own dialect. That's the last time I fucking saved something on Reddit, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. All right. Um, raccoons have been known to make jerky by hanging some of their kills on branches and drying them out before winter. Is this true? That's false. That's a fiction. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm, I'm again agreeing with Patrick. This is this is fiction. Raccoons are not making jerky. Those little yeah. trash pandas are stuffing their mouths when they find it. Yeah, wow. They don't work for Oberto. They eat garbage. I mean, <laughs> if you guys were using the chat as like uh, ask the audience, you would 100% have had this and you did get it. But everybody <laughs> apparently knows that that is bullshit. Be better at making these up, Peter. Listen, I work very hard on this for 15 minutes before the show when Will sends these to me. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what's the score? Does anybody know? Forrest is winning by one. I'm up by one. I'm up by one. Three to two. Three to two. I can tie right now. Okay. The cowardly lion suit was made of real lion skin and real human hair. Oh, wow. I'm just going to say fact because... Think about this. When they filmed The Wizard of Oz, uh-huh. they hired a circus sideshow recruiter That's to true. bring them 250 little people to play the Lollipop Guild. Mm. No way. Yeah. They were That's all amazing. living in a hotel in Culver City having orgies and literally stabbing each other. It was so inhumane. One of them. I almost spat out my white cloth. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I had no idea what you were going to say. You're like, this, they're living in a hotel. And I was like, sure, it makes sense. It's it's a movie. Yeah. Having orgies. I, I nearly just blasted my they, keyboard with white cloth. They, they were. This is all true. Uh, one of them was being so drunk and unruly on set that they <laughs> that he, as he was being dragged off by a police officer, bit Dorothy on the ankle. No way, dude. Fuck off. So, this is a this fiction. Is, this is a this fact. <laughs> and by the way, I literally produced a full documentary about it. Uh, so, yeah, were they going to use real lion fur to make the cowardly lion? Yes. Fact. Wow. Okay. We have a yes, and this will tie it for the producer. If he is right, Forrest, what's your answer? Well, I mean, Patrick, like, just swayed me just with that incredible story. But in the interest of sticking to my guns... I'm just going to say that's fiction. They did not use a real lion. That was just a just a suit made. But after hearing that story, I I, I, I would – you have convinced me the other way. But to stick to my guns in the interest of fair sportsmanship, I'm going to say fiction. Okay. There is a lot of controversy in the chat. Um, this is, however – this is a fact. This is a true wow. – they truly did this. Yep. Nice. That is one yeah. fucked up production that just all yeah. around – all right. How would you think you have been like your job on set was midget wrangler? Like that's it. You're you're just the little person. And you know, back then that was totally that was a thing, right? Like there was no being sensitive to it. Like your job was to take care of the unruly little people. Like that's yeah, that's bonkers. They the guy. So the way they did it. Last thing about this. The way they did it was they paid this guy who did the circus sideshow, right? He went all around Europe, recruited all of these little people, and they paid him. And then he was then supposed to distribute the money. And a lot of the little people never even got paid. Smart. So they were there for like six months making this movie, and a lot of they couldn't get paid. It was a train wreck. He paid them in booze and prostitutes, apparently. Um, (laughs) All right. This this is the tiebreaker for you two. This will be the last question. Let's let's hope you guys have different answers. Not saying anything. Listeners, Pat, Forrest, some spiders wear the heads of dead ants as masks in order to get close enough to kill them, to kill other ants. This is true. I, I actually, and this is an honest answer, I think this is fiction. I, 
I can't imagine the spider wearing an ant head. So let's see. Wow. A lot of listeners weighing in almost overwhelmingly fact. Nick Tompkin has claimed everyone to be bullshit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is in fact false gentlemen. And to the victor, go the spoils. Forrest wins again. I I really did. I was like, Jesus, it's all tied up. Like, Peter's not smart enough to make that up. Um, it's the power of White Claw. You're, you're really yeah. getting that brain, that blood flowing, that brain working. Good job, Forrest. I mean, the oh, Brosters overwhelmingly went with me on that, that it was fact. Uh, no, no, I'm gonna, no. I'm going to protest this. I'm going to dispute yeah, it's it. It's true. It is true. Like the election results, it no. is under dispute. <laughs> Let's not get into that, dude. This is gonna, people are going to start popping off in here going crazy. Um <laughs> Real quick, somebody did ask if there's a Wild Time subreddit. I have indeed uh, secured the subreddit. There's nothing going on there. I'll figure out what it is by the end of the podcast and tell you. Maybe you guys, people start posting in there. Let's let's fuck it up. Forrest can answer. And, you know, do you know how to use Reddit? A lot of people don't know how to use Reddit. Forrest? God. Never been on Reddit. You life. give me shit. I know Pat doesn't, but you give me shit uh, about being yeah. terrible at Instagram and social media. You can't even use Reddit, you son of a bitch. It's not social media, dum dum. It's pretty fucking. It's a different thing. It's like news, but fake. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you, that, you guys, this: Have we agreed on a battle royale for this week? Do we have one? I'm sure we have. We I have. A lot of people have submitted them. I love you that. We're doing a live. Patrick, Let's pick I, one of those. If I'm it's not going to lie. I really like it when you present the battle royales. I don't know why. I just feel like they come out better. So why don't you uh, why don't you go for it, Papa P? Fuck yeah, dude. All right. You know what? I'm trying to decide between some of the producer will ones and then some of the some of the ones that have been submitted on the chat. What should I do? Should I do a chat one? Do a chat well, one if it's thing, good. Peeps, if you've put some chat ones out, you know, they've probably gone way up in that stream by now with our gazillion comments. Why don't you, uh, why don't you add, them, add them to the list? I, I got one here. I, I like this one from Ben Martin. He submitted okay. this. Okay. All right. Some of us believe in heaven. Some of us believe in hell. There's a lot of atheists, a lot of agnostics. Some people believe in reincarnation in the world. True. When you die, you, based on your behavior, come back as a lower or higher life form. Okay. So let's assume reincarnation is real. You have to be reincarnated. You get, okay. But you, you get your next three. You're going to have three lives as an animal before you okay. get to be a human again. Okay. Oh, this is fun. In order, the three, li- the three reincarnations that you want as an animal. And don't this just go fun. like... Fruit fly, mosquito, and ant, so that you can be back to human right away. You will lose. The brosters. No, why would that. you? But why would you? What a waste! Like you're yeah, getting you get an opportunity chance. to experience wildlife. This is great. But I'm going to throw in a little detail, which okay. is that you have your consciousness during sure. this reincarnation. So it's Loves it's the, you, loved. your brain, with, a, with this animal's abilities. We're going to do it as a, real quick as a snake draft. Uh, let's see. Can you, you go can first you just, or last for tip? I want to go last. And then also, can you just, uh, can you say it quickly, just in one sentence? I was doing something else. I, I got most yeah, of it, but I, I, I just did. All right. You watched football last Sunday. Gone. You're going to be reincarnated three times. Pick which three animals you would like to bring your consciousness inside of and get a full lifetime as that animal. Love this. Okay. I'll go first. I'll All go right. first. Ratep, you'll go All last. All right. Hold on. Wait. Wait. 
Battle Royale. <laughs> All right. You're ugly. We Sorry. Well done to the Brosner that submitted that. I already forgot your name. Sorry about that. Thanks for Gala's <laughs> fish tanks for hanging in the entire time. All right. So I'm going to take full advantage of my opportunity. Uh, I'd like to just pick a whole category of animal, but I don't think I can do that. Uh, man, I've, look, I've thought the same thing since I was fucking two years old. And I first learned about reincarnation when I interned at a Buddhist temple. Uh, look, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, going, I'm going dolphin. I'm going with a dolphin. Oh, it's, so I know good. it's basic. I like that. I'm being a, a little basic bitch here. Mm-mm. But who doesn't no, want good. to experience life as a dolphin? You can swim real fast. You hang out in groups. They're pretty yeah. sexual. Yeah. I think they fuck a lot. Uh, it just seems like they have a ton of fun, man. Like, uh, you know, you could go with a shark. Uh, their life doesn't seem as chipper and joyous. So I'm going to no, go I, dolphin. That. That's what I'm going with. Just your common, basic-ass dolphin. Okay. All right. No, it, it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal pick. It it's was a good pick. No lie. No lie. It was my first choice. It's it really an annoyingly was. good pick. Yeah, it's it. annoying. All right. So, Forrest, since you already know some animals that exist, why don't you go second so Peter has more time to Google what are animals? <laughs> Yeah, smart, <laughs> smart. Um, look, I think asshole. I think your pick is just it's just dynamite. Um, I, who doesn't want to be a dolphin? But my first pick, and it's interesting because my one fear in life really is heights, and it's not that bad. I mean, I've done a lot of pretty high shit, but I think my I would love love to experience the freedom of flight. So my first pick, without a doubt, is going to be the peregrine falcon. The fastest animal in the world, the ability to free fall, what, 300 miles an hour or something like that? I don't even know. Yeah, it's way yeah. too fast. Um, but, you know, it's not it's it's not the condor. It's not the biggest bird. It's not the bald eagle, the most regal. Just the peregrine falcon. Just being just a dynamite of speed in the sky and the ability to just nail prey at top speed out in the air. Yeah, I'm all for it. I'm going I'm going peregrine falcon to start us off. Okay. Nice. Nice. Yeah, all right, it's Peter. good. And you've got to, Why don't you, uh, you know. Why don't you huh? learn the rules for once? You get two picks. Go ahead. God, you make me grim. Um, so you, you've you obviously picked, uh, you know, a, a very good one, Pat, and it's really fucking annoying. Uh, you too, Forrest. Uh, you've covered sea and uh, flight. But my animal, my first animal that I will be reincarnated as, not only does it, not only is it a seafaring animal, it is an animal that, Scientists still don't know how it does some of the things that it does, uh, like detect color in the dark. I will be coming back as an octopus, even though they live for a very short while. I want to know what it feels like to be able to morph into different textures and change color. And I heard they also like sex. Okay, Peter, that is a good pick i mean for for a quick what is animals google you know to get that at the top (laughs) i've never heard of an octopus this is a new thing for me good yeah this is a good pick no that was a good so who goes next who goes next uh let's go back to forrest because i i can see in pat's eyes that but he's already how it works it's you you. still you oh we're doing a snake draft okay i hate this um let's see my next animal then will be um well, I haven't thought much about this. Okay, my next animal, I guess uh, this is rough. I mean, because no, it'll be my third animal. My second animal will be I would like to come back as um Pat's mother. 
That's it. Oh my god! I come back You're as Pat's lying. mom. Lying. I can. So I can get all the, so you huh? can make me enchiladas on my birthday. Like what? Why? What is? What's because I feel like if I came back as your mom, I could turn you into a better person all around. You you probably won't be as wealthy, but you'll be uh, you'll you'll be on time. You'll be prepared, um, and you won't be watching football while we're recording anymore. I'll make sure of that. <laughs> Copy that. Hey, r- quick shout out to uh, Sam Hugh who said, you already know Retep is going to be one of those Molly experiment octopus, which yeah, helps. Very you, good you really, you know, like you're going straight into the tank and getting fed some E. <laughs> Whatever. It's, it's, it's creepy to me that listeners are commenting with my mother's first and last name. <laughs> <laughs> I think I said it one too many times on the show. Boy. Uh, all right, Forrest. <laughs> so you've had your life as a peregrine falcon. You've swam, yeah. in, or sorry, you've flown incredibly fast. Yeah, what are you going to add to your list? What are you going to add to your list? Yeah. So, so second pick, man, I, I've got like some, a really fun, goofy one, but I, I'm trying to be true to what I really want to experience. Yeah. Yeah. So second pick, I'm just a big old silverback gorilla. Yeah, just a, that's good. Just a, you know, just a chest thumping alpha silverback, just hammer fisting the ground, having a harem of females to just go to pound town on, you know, anything <laughs> comes at me, I'm just breaking it in two, just straight up silverback. It's smart because here's the thing. If you had your consciousness as a silverback, I feel like you'd be close enough to a human that you'd just put like a ball cap and like a vest on and try and get into a bar. <laughs> and I'm like, what bouncer is going to be like, uh, no, you can't come in. Right. And if he does, I will literally drive him into the ground like a nail. Forrest, <laughs> how many times have you how many times have you dressed up as a gorilla for Halloween? It's at uh, least once, twice? No, I, I just this was before I manscaped, so all I would do is take my shirt off and just walk around. So it was, you know, it was good. It was good. Nice. Yeah. No, so like a never. weak I, gorilla. You'd be like a weak gorilla for Halloween. Like a very meager gorilla. No, I would <laughs> yeah. Those are my picks. Let's continue. Okay. All right. So I I'm going to start with, uh, like, this is definite. I'm going to go with the, it's referred to as Rupel's vulture, okay? This is a particular type of very large bird, incredible eyesight, but it's also the animal that flies by far the highest of any animal. The Rupel's vulture gets higher than airplanes, up to 37,000 feet. Wow. Wow. which to me is crazy, and because their eyesight is so good, it's actually tactical. They can see shit on the ground from 37,000 feet. I'd like to do that because Forrest is already flying really fast. I'm going to fly really high and look at him from my height that he can't get to and, yep. and laugh. That's yeah, that's well, laugh. I mean, we're not fighting, so I guess looking and laughing is uh, a capability you want in this battle royale. Yeah. So what's going to be doing is I'm swimming really fast. I'm having a good time. I'm flying really high, having a great time. Mm-hmm. The next thing is I want to be amazed. I want to be amazed by things. Yeah, I smart. would like to experience one life as an ant because I love this. I mean, what was everyone? Everyone loved the movie Honey, I Shrunk the Kids when we were little. <laughs> the blade of True. grass was 20 feet tall, right? <laughs> the dad comes in his sneakers the size of a house. I'd like to know what that's like. I'd like to get that POV knowing that if I get stepped on, I get crushed or I don't live very long. My next life is back as a human. So I'm kind of like right. living on the edge anyway. 
Right. Right. And, no, it's good. Uh, well, dude, the people that were actually shrunk in the movie were not having a great time. That's all I'm going to say. The, us watching them, it was entertaining for us. But, I mean, it sounds very stressful, and it's a, it's a bad pick. Can I also point out, though, that, you know, I picked a silverback gorilla to just feel like a big fucking meaty piece of beef. But really, Patrick is the big meaty piece of beef here because as an ant, you what can you lift like 500 times your body weight? I forget the exact number, like but it's, it's ridiculous. Something crazy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's bonkers. So he, he gets to just experience being tiny. You're, 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 you're Ant-Man minus the man. You're just ant. Mm, yeah, um, you're just an ant. By the yeah, way, Peter, Matt McHugh has already called it out, so now you're banned from doing this. But he's like, Peter's definitely going to pick Anteater now. Mm. <laughs> you you cannot pick Anteater. Yeah. <laughs> Motherfucker. All right, first, um, a good one. To your list. Nice one, Matt. Yeah, so, look, I was going to pick Dolphin. You stole that from me. I yeah. picked a bird. You picked a better bird. Um, you know, yeah. I'd go Orca be like, I'm the better Dolphin, but that's just that's a real cop-out. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend my last life as an animal really embracing it, just really taking it in. Like I'm, you know, I'm a pretty, pretty productive member of society. I contribute to conservation. I work hard and don't goof off as much as I'd like to anymore. So mm-hmm. for my last life as an animal, I am going to be a koala. I'm cute. Oh, I'm cuddly. Yeah. That's Every a good hot one. Australian girl wants to pick me up. Uh, yeah. I can be ferocious when I want to be. I can infiltrate crime scenes and commit murders because my fingerprints are indistinguishable from human beings. And I get to be high my entire life while I roam around eating eucalyptus, just getting burnt out and just taking it so easy. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's nice. Um, tree. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. I like your idea though. Just just a lot of, a lot of, you know, co-ed college girls are going to want to hold you. I'm going to be, and that's the thing. When you're a koala, you could just grab tit, you know, like you can just do it. It's <laughs> calling you out do. for it. Yeah. Do, do koalas no, have I, like claws though? Can you grab tit no, or will you rip it no, off by accident? The reason I know this is because when I was in Australia with my girlfriend, um, we went to, I can't remember the place in Brisbane where they get, let you hold a koala, like super touristy, you know, like straight up, like go there, stand there. Here's the koala. And it just groped the shit out of her delightful breasts and she was like look how cute it is take a picture i was like he's literally undressing you and she's like i know take a picture um so it's just you know being a koala just great Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right so forest adds koala what are you gonna round it out with and it can't be anteater i know i've now i'm sorry i've been really thinking about this now that you know matt McHugh really threw me off with that and i I really wanted to just be funny and go with something similar to an anteater, something that eats ants. But um, I think what I'm going to do, because, uh, because you know, uh, th- th- I watched a lot of Magic School Bus when I was a, a, a young fella. You guys remember that show? Uh, I forget oh, yeah. the, la- the girl's name, but it, it was a great show. It, it really illuminated the imagination. Um, but sometimes it would go inside of the human body, and it looked pretty fun in there, almost like a... Uh, Almost like a uh, Chuck E. Cheese uh, with ball pits and blood cells, red blood cells going around. So okay. um, I, I think for this one, I'm going to be the fierce and uh, amazing animal, chlamydia. And uh, I will be shot into, well, I mean, I don't know if it gets shot. I don't exactly know how I'm transmitted or how long I live. 
but I think it'll be cool to float, essentially be in like an underwater lazy river type situation uh, until I'm attacked by white blood cells and destroyed eventually. Uh, so an octopus, Pat's mom, and chlamydia. <laughs> he always uh, picks a bacteria or a virus. That was yeah, once yeah. before, one time. Yeah, you, were, you were herpes Five. once. I was yeah, you herpes, herpes once. Uh, you, you, you're always gross, no, weird things. My reasoning <laughs> is solid. It's, it's, uh, it's a sound decision. I want so to explore the inside you're on a microscopic level. Relentlessly by the bacteria. bacteria. Be candiru. Be that little fish that swims up the urethra and hang out in a guy's, in a guy's dick. Like, just uh, don't be chlamydia. Nah, I'm, I'm chlamydia, mate. That's okay. that's it. All right, all so, right. If you're listening live, you've probably already weighed in. You know, you if you're if you're picking Mrs. Frizzle over there with her top knot, aka Peter, like Mrs. good job. Um, yeah, buddy. You know your name. Yeah. Um, and if you're not, if if this is your first time watching, you know, let us know who wins the battle royale. If you're reincarnated and you come back for your first life as a dolphin, followed by a high flying vulture, followed by an ant, you're voting for Peter for Patrick. Yep. If that's you're if your picks are an octopus, followed by Dolores DeLuca, um, Patrick's mom, <laughs> followed by Chlamydia, Close. then uh, you're, you're going for a, for a tap. And if you want to Winning be a peregrine falcon, followed by a, a silverback gorilla, and then finally a stone koala, I'm your guy. So uh, let us know who won the Battle Royale. It's always fun to hear the comments on, uh, on iTunes. Leave us a review while you're there. That's always helpful. If you're listening live, hey, if you haven't left us a five-star review, you're blowing it. You know, we get it. You're, you're dropping the ball. It is listen, what it is. Listen, it is what it is. It, it is what it yeah. is, but the Brosters have already spoken in the chat. It's overwhelming, overwhelmingly me uh, for the true. win. It is. Uh, I've counted them. Uh, I know I've Dude, won. Thanks to everyone who participated in the live show. That, it makes it a lot of fun for us. Uh, Daniel Cool, K-U-H-L, hit us up at, what is it? What's our Instagram handle? Uh, at Wild Times Pod, he knows that very well. He hits me up on the weekly. All right, and we will get you out one of our new tank tops or tees. Will, can you pull, pull, yep. up, pull this merch up, Will? It's pretty fucking dope. Pretend uh, I'm still yeah. waiting for my shirt. Merch is way go. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, so it's just the wildtimespodcast.com forward slash merch. We'll bring you to the shop. We're adding more shit, too. There's three designs in there now. I'm working on more. Taking people have been sending, um, you know, some ideas and shit. So we'll we'll get more up there. So check back if there's if you're not into something shit that's up there now. There'll be more. Come back. There's gonna be there's gonna be fucking handbags, uh, hats, uh, and everything else I can fucking put shit on. Here we go. Oh, there we go. That is definitely accurate. (laughs) Gucci handbags. Well, well, click on that spirit animal tank, that black one up there. Yeah, that's what's that up. Thing. That thing if you're, is fucking if, dope. If you're a hardened gym rat and you don't have a My Spirit Animal tank, what are you doing with your life? Like, look yeah, at that. That's fucking spice. Yeah, yeah. that's nice. If your spirit good. animal is the blobfish, the other one, uh, the the amygdala one is pretty good. There's a lot of people out there like Forrest who have no amygdala. That one's for you. And, uh, of course, just the standard. Oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. Spice. No, yeah. just a blank amygdala. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's where the amygdala would be located in Forest Brain if he had one. If he had one. I'll tell you this, though. If I see you wearing that amygdala shirt, I'm not going to fight you. I'm going to walk up and kiss you right on the mouth. That's what I'll do. So, yeah, if you're dude, walking no, around. No that, concerns. No concerns yeah. about COVID. Yeah. Just do it. 
I will. Like, I will rip your face mask <laughs> off and kiss you right Dude, on the mouth. I gotta say, too, uh, just the Wild Times, the three animal logo on the black sweatshirt looks pretty fly. I, I've, yeah. been, I've been asked a few times uh, who each animal is, and, uh, I mean, I have my opinions. I think we've discussed it way back when. Um, but what, what do you think, Pat? We, I don't remember what we decided, but so, I'd actually, before, before we go over this, I'd love to hear what the Brosners think. There's three animals there. There's three of us that host this show. Who Who is who? That's the question. Who is who? I mean, it's I, a tough call. Because I think yeah. everyone probably wants to be the angry monkey sitting in the basket. Yeah, yeah. Because that one's clearly in control of the entire thing. <laughs> so that would be you, Forrest, but you're not very angry. I'm not. I'm a jolly. I'm a jolly guy. By yeah. the way, uh, just Owen Roberts just came in with comment of the night, just going, "I don't think that bike has a seat." <laughs> <laughs> just a seat post well then i'm the hippo because that looks like it feels great well everyone is overwhelmingly agreeing that you're the hippo in the chat so there you uh, go you are the right, angry guys. piece of shit monkey so this there's was fun i like times. doing live Roasters, good times thank everyone you. thank it's you everybody having comments are insane it's so much fun being live on here with everybody uh we keep making you know, these promises that we're going to try and get a studio. This is a real thing. We are going to do it. It's pretty tough during COVID times, as you can imagine. But we sure love making this show. We love having you guys be a part of it. So, uh, yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Later. Love you. Not you too, idiots. Yeah, you do. Listeners, brosners. Later, everybody. Later.